Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. I think I've mentioned before the couple things that I missed doing a podcast that I was able to do on live radio is cover breaking news. When things are happening and they're evolving, there were days where it was just an adrenaline rush to be on the air and have things breaking and moving and moving parts and handed notes and all these things are going on and you're broadcasting live. I absolutely love that and felt like it was one of the strengths of what I'm capable of doing as a broadcaster. So I missed that. And this would have been a great week for that. (laughs) I mean, this would have been a great week for that. The other thing I miss from doing live radio is interaction with callers, Uh, listeners who call in and have an opinion and able to go back and forth. Those are the two things, the only two things that I miss really about what it was that I did for so many years There was also a lot of monotony involved into hosting a show that was four hours long, five days a week for 23 years. There would be segments you didn't want to do, things that you had to do, things that became routine, mundane, that you repeated over and over and over over the course of four hours, and those things would drive you crazy. So there's a give and take here. Obviously, I love what I'm doing. This is a week where it would have been fun to be on live radio because of all of this insane breaking news that's just been taking place day after day after day with massive stories. We have the Speaker of the House votes that have been taking place, and this has been wild. We have the arrest of the man now accused of the murders of the four college students in Idaho. We have DeMar Hamlin and his updates that were going on daily. We have the NFL changing its rules in the middle of play here. We have so many things that have been going on that are just big, massive stories taking place. It would have been fun to be live on the radio. So if you're wondering why I haven't spent more time maybe on the, for example, the murders in Idaho, there's just not much I can give you there. I, I just, there isn't much you can do on a podcast that adds to what you're seeing in the news coverage. And I've learned that people that are really into crime and crime documentaries and crime pod in America. So this is not me, wa- I mean, this, this is not me saying, hey, this is not something that works or you can't do on a podcast. These are the most popular podcasts, but they're filled with people that are former detectives, lawyers, genealogists. I mean, these are remarkable people that put together outstanding programming, and I can't touch it. There's just nothing that I can add. Many of you, and I hear from many of you, watch a lot of documentaries and shows on television. You love the murder mysteries, true crime, things like that. This is a crazy story in Idaho. I'm following it like everyone else, but I don't feel like I can add a lot. I don't understand serial killers. I've read a little bit about them. Um, I, I'm of the belief now that this guy has probably committed several murders prior to this. They're going to start working on that. I've heard a lot of people say your first murder isn't killing four people at once with a knife. So I'm not really covering much of that story, and I just want to let you know why. The House thing is more difficult. They just keep voting. I can't really update you. They just keep voting so fast and saying no to Kevin McCarthy. We'll see how the whole thing plays out. I can't wait to see how it plays out. I think McCarthy will be speaker, and I think concessions will be given that will be good for us conservatives as we go forward over the next two years. So we look forward to that. But this would have been a wild week to be live, and then obviously the rules come out or the changes come out with the National Football League, and now all of a sudden, here we are three days later, and everybody's talking about the playoffs, the unfairness, which team's getting screwed, what the NFL is doing, how they're going forward, and nobody really is talking that much about the health of DeMar Hamlin. It is widely believed by everyone who saw what happened on Monday night that he's going to be just fine, that he's okay. The doctors have now spoken. They've said he's made a remarkable recovery. He has his, uh, all of his neurologically, he's intact. This sounds like exactly, and I, I want to reiterate this. This is important because I got a lot of emails from a lot of you that immediately wanted this to be the COVID shot. This sounds like exactly what was diagnosed on Fox News an hour after it happened on Monday night with Dr. Siegel that was on there, Brian Kilmeade who came on, and the people they were talking to. And you may wonder, well, how did Brian Kilmeade know anything? Well, this could have been coming from Fox Sports. It could have been Jay Glazer had spoken with one of the Bills doctors or an NFL doctor who was on the field. DeMar had gone to the hospital. The game was canceled at this point. And it could have been somebody in Fox Sports that got it and gave it to Brian Kilmeade, said, we don't want to touch this with Fox Sports. It belongs on Fox News. And maybe your buddies with Kilmeade. And Kilmeade comes on by phone and says, here's what they're saying it is. And 
immediately the conspiracy theories began that this is what it was. Doesn't appear to be that. The doctors, this is the important part of the news conference yesterday, the doctors wouldn't bite on any of it. They wouldn't say it was or wasn't an underlying condition, which a COVID shot would be an underlying condition. If we know it, if, if you had myocarditis or enlarged heart or whatever, and they saw that, that would be an underlying condition and could possibly have exacerbated all this. But it sounds like he's going to be perfectly fine. I mean, like perfectly fine. I think this is going to turn out to be remarkable. And we're going to look back at Monday night. As I said on the podcast the next day, I think we will look back and say this was an abundance of caution. When I had heard and we understood that they stopped in the tunnel to wait for the mom, it led you to believe that he was going to be okay, that he was stabilized, that it was not life-threatening, that they had it under control. There were 22 doctors at the game. Each team provides at least five and takes them with them on the road. Then there are doctors on the sideline from the NFL. There are doctors provided by the local city. There are the doctors that could be, and sometimes doctors are in, uh, staffing the ambulance with the paramedics, the EMTs. There's just so many people, and this worked beautifully. And it is just awesome to say that all of the coverage now has moved on to football and coin tosses and neutral sites and which team is getting screwed and the NFL has bias and Roger Goodell sucks and the NFL is a fraud. And here we go. It took three days for the NFL haters to get over to Mar Hamlin and start hating back on the NFL. And they don't hate the NFL. They love it. There are people in the media that hate it. They want it to go away. They don't like the toxic masculinity of the National Football League. They damn sure didn't like seeing the prayer on Monday night. That just drove them absolutely crazy. The only time they want to see kneeling is anti-American kneeling. So there are things driving liberals crazy this week because we saw the truth. We saw reality. We saw what people do even if they're not overly religious, when something really bad happens. They take a knee and they pray. People that won't profess their Christianity or religion, whatever it may be, who won't talk about it a lot, don't wear it on their sleeve, maybe don't go to church every week or synagogue or temple or whatever, they don't go every week. The second something bad happens, they get on a knee and they're believers. That's our country. That's who we are. And everybody gets to choose how much faith or religion they want in their life, how they want to portray it, how they want to worship. But boy, when that went south on Monday night, we saw the real America. We saw real Americans out there. And a lot of people didn't like it, and they're going to attack football. It is hard for me right now to discern who's attacking the NFL for this plan that they have for the playoffs and because they just want to hate the NFL and how many of them are just rabid fans now upset that their team is getting screwed over. So the owners are going to vote on Friday and they need 24 votes to pass this plan that the commissioner and his staff came up with that basically says the chiefs, if they beat the Raiders will be the one seed. But if the chiefs play the bills or the Bengals in the AFC championship game, it will not be at Arrowhead. It will be at a neutral site. A lot of people think this is a gift to the chiefs. But I can make a really strong argument to anybody that the Bengals were about to kick the Bills' ass. That game was about to be a beatdown. We saw it. That was going to be a double-digit Bengals win. And the Chiefs were going to be sitting here Saturday with a chance to win and be the one seed and play at home the whole way. So everybody thinking the Chiefs are getting some kiss on the cheek. They are from a winning percentage standpoint. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, look, I'm the guy telling you I'm not sure they're going to beat the Raiders. I think they're going to beat the Raiders, but I'm not sure of it. Everybody seems sure that the Chiefs are just going to go to Vegas and win this game. They've lost there before. This is going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a thrill ride. This one's going to be wild. The Raiders' defense isn't very good, but, man, their offense was incredible last week. You had Jared Stidham at quarterback, looked like a veteran pro. They've got an outstanding running back. They've got the best receiver in the league. This will not be easy. So anybody thinking, hey, this is just all unfair, what they're coming up with, they had to come up with it before the games are played because guess what? Any of these teams can lose. It can change all kinds of things. But as of right now, what they're going to vote on is winning percentage is the deciding factor. The Bills-Bengals game did not count, and here's the important component of that. The Bills and Bengals not only canceled their game Monday night, the coaches decided we're not playing. All week long in discussions with the league, they said, we don't want to restart it. 
This is very important. Both teams told the league, we don't want to play this game. Now, there are multiple benefits to not playing the game. One certainly is emotional because of the state of the team where they were. But another is, that's, a, that's one less game you played. It's kind of like a bye. You didn't play much football there on Monday night. And you save it for another day. So it doesn't seem like it's a giant concern of the Bills or Bengals to go get home field advantage. And let's be honest. The Chiefs have played four years in a row at Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC title game and won one Super Bowl out of it. It's not the end-all, be-all. Playing in a neutral site is not a horrible idea. Playing in a neutral site, the only thing that I see in this plan that stinks out loud to me is if the neutral site becomes Indianapolis and the Chiefs play the Bengals, that's a train wreck. That's 111 miles from Cincinnati. You might as well just play it in Cincinnati. I, 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 it can't be. Certainly, they're looking at Atlanta. Why wouldn't they look at outdoor sites? Let's go play at Soldier Field in the cold. I mean, let's go play where an AFC championship game should be played. Pick an AFC stadium. I don't care. Pick one that isn't Cincinnati or Kansas City if you're going to play neutral site, and let's go play it. There's a lot of ways you could play this game, a ton of ways to play it. But what's not happening in the NFL is nobody's getting screwed here. Right? The NFL didn't sit down and have a panel and go, okay, how can we favor Kansas City and screw over the Bills? That's not what they do. There was no perfect situation here. This plan is fine. Look, the Bills and Bengals didn't want to play. They didn't want to get together this week and play. They don't want to play next week. They made that abundantly clear. We don't want to do that. We want to finish our season and move on to the playoffs. They're ready to do that. That's their wish. The NFL is granting their wish as much as anything else. The Chiefs are an innocent bystander. Unfortunately for the rest of the AFC, if the Chiefs win on Saturday, they have the best winning percentage in the AFC. They'll be the one seed. Now the NFL is coming in and saying, well, that isn't very fair to Kansas City, or that's that's overly fair to Kansas City. So let's take the home game away from the Chiefs. Let's take the AFC title game away from them because they didn't really earn it. Well, didn't really earn it? Were you watching the game Monday night? Who among us didn't think the Bengals were winning that game? You may not have thought that going in. I did. You may not have thought that going in, but it was a road game for the Bills. The Bengals were playing great. They were marching on their second drive to go up 14-3. to Who in, the, in their right mind doesn't believe in their heart of hearts that the Bengals were about to win that? I can make an argument that this was a, a terrible thing for the Chiefs because I think the Bengals would have won. The Chiefs would be looking at home field advantage and Arrowhead Stadium for the AFC title game. Everybody loses here. And we knew it. We knew it as we were watching this on Monday night that this was going to be a crap show. Really, we knew what was going to happen. The second that we're like, uh-oh, this player's really, really sick, and they may cancel this game. And if they do, we've got a real problem on our hands because of where we are in the season. There's not enough time to make it all up and all these other things. We knew this. You knew that as a football fan. Everybody knew it. The league decided to cancel that game, postpone that game, mainly because the Bills and Bengals coach said, we can't do this. We can't do this tonight. That's where we are. In hindsight, was it an abundance of caution? Probably. I've brought this up. I brought it up on a patron podcast yesterday. I've heard Boomer Esiason talking about this. Ask yourself this. I don't know where you work, but I asked Danny Klinkscale yesterday on our Between the Lines 2.0 podcast that we do for the patrons each week. I said, if we were doing a radio show five years ago and one of our colleagues at the radio station had a heart attack and went to the hospital, did we just quit the show? We just turn the radio station off? No, we would have continued to do the show. And it's like that really in any workplace. And that seems terrible and awful to say. Again, this huge reaction to this story was simply because it was on television and everybody saw it. Peyton Hillis is a former running back of the NFL. He played for the Chiefs in 2012. He was the backup to Jamal Charles here. Played eight seasons in the NFL, 81 games. Yesterday, he went to rescue, or two days ago, he went to rescue his kids in Pensacola, Florida, in the water and saved them and got them out, but sucked a whole bunch of water into his lungs. Was life-flighted to the hospital, is in critical condition. Nobody saw it. It wasn't during a live game. It's absolutely as dire, maybe more, because now we've got organ problems with Peyton Hillis, more dire than DeMar Hamlin. Jeremy Renner. The actor, more dire than DeMar Hamlin. Ken Block, the extreme sports person who was on a snowmobile this week and died in an accident, certainly 
more severe than DeMar Hamlin. We've got all these things that have happened within three or four days with sports stars and celebrities. And you can argue that, well, I think this is obvious. At this point, it sounds as if, according to the doctors, DeMar Hamlin will have the best life of any of these people when it's all over. Block is dead. Renner's jacked up. I mean, he's just got broken bones. He's going to limp. It's his whole life, he's going to be in pain. No question. Hillis, the running back, sounds like he's going to have organ damage. He's got some liver or, or kidney issues right now. The player for the Jacksonville Jaguars this week at age 38 had a heart attack at home and died. These stories aren't getting the attention because we didn't see it. Look, I'm not sitting here saying we shouldn't be paying attention to DeMar Hamlin. Right? The decision made on Monday night and, and the criticism of waiting an hour the reason that game was canceled after an hour is because of public reaction to seeing something. If people hadn't seen it and weren't going crazy on Twitter and in public reaction that Goodell's – Goodell, the only person worse on earth than Goodell is Putin and that the NFL is awful and they'll get this wrong and all these people that always say that about the NFL, they got everything right here. If I have one complaint about what they didn't get right, and I said it to my wife on Monday night. I did not put it on Twitter. I think I mentioned this on Tuesday's podcast. What I would have done if I were Roger Goodell, I would have postponed that game and I would have ordered the Buffalo Bills to stay in Cincinnati. You stay there. You send everybody you want over to the, to the hospital to visit DeMar. We're going to send experts into your hotel to work with you, therapists, and just get a good night's sleep. And tomorrow we'll give you some direction. And I would have played this game on Wednesday night, not Tuesday night. I think there was enough information by Wednesday. They could have restarted this thing at like four in the afternoon on Wednesday. Gotten the Bills back home by 10 o'clock, their time for a good night's sleep. And I would have moved the Bills and Bengals games back to probably Monday or Tuesday. Week 18 games, I would have moved them back to Monday or Tuesday. Played day games and then given them the benefit in the playoffs. If one of them got the bye, which was possible, they wouldn't have to worry about it. The one that didn't get the bye, I would have moved their playoff game back to Monday or Tuesday, of the, probably Monday of the next week. We would have had playoffs on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's what I would have done if it was my league. And people would have been critical, and they would have said horrible things. And, of course, here's the problem the NFL had. If somehow DeMar Hamlin had died in the hospital, ooh, the NFL would have been in real trouble for doing all that. And goodness knows what would have happened if Hamlin had died this week. Would they have canceled the season? Would they have canceled just this week and pushed everything back? What would they exactly have done? Well, it didn't happen. I'm of the belief they knew it wasn't going to happen. I believe they canceled this game for two reasons. The Bills and Bengals eventually, even after it was postponed, didn't want to play the game. That may be first and foremost. But secondarily, they caved to public pressure. This is the world we live in now in the United States. It's social media. And the wackos on social media control everything. I, I just, I'm, I was never a person that thought DeMar Hamlin was going to die. I never thought that. Once they told me he was waiting in the tunnel for his mom, I'm like, he's stabilized. We heard in, in pretty short order that his vitals were good and that they had a breathing tube on him. And you're like, okay, if they got his heart restarted, we, we, learned, we all know you have five, six minutes worth of blood in you that's oxygenated. But even if your heart isn't pumping, you got five, six minutes before any damage is done. If they got the heart restarted quickly enough and the blood was starting to pump, there was a real chance that this man was going to be okay. I think everybody knew that. I think the doctors knew that. That started to leak. We started to get reports. ESPN wasn't doing it. If you were watching there, they weren't doing any of the medical reports. But the news channels were all doing medical reports. They had all these experts on saying, listen, if they got his heart restarted in, in quick order there and his vitals are good now, he, he's got a chance to be just fine. We heard that very quickly. So the NFL knew that. And now people are sitting here screaming that there's bias in this playoff scenario. I honestly don't know whether this is good or bad for the Chiefs. Now, I, again, I'm not sure they're beating the Raiders Saturday. I may be the only guy. And prove me wrong. Go beat somebody 41 to 10, and we'll laugh it off and say Kev was wrong. I'm good with that. I think it's going to be a battle. I think the Chiefs are going to struggle in this game to stop the Raiders. And the Raiders are going to score a bunch of points. And when somebody scores with the Chiefs, you just never know how it's going to end. You're a turnover or two away from losing this thing. And we'll see what the owners do. My guess is the owners will consolidate, come up with the 24 votes to change the rules. If they don't change the rules, here's what happens. The game is over. If, if, they don't, if the owners today vote against this plan, 
then what happens is the Chiefs with a win will have the win percentage, and they're just the one seed, and they will get a chance to play at home for a fifth year in a row in the AFC title game. But the rules are pretty clear. You write them up at the beginning of the year. The rule is win percentage. That's it. The Bills and Bengals wanted to cancel this game, and how is this different than COVID? We had games canceled and postponed in COVID. How is this different? You just didn't play the game. Sorry. It's terrible what happened, but you made a decision on the field. And by the way, you've stood by it for days. They don't still don't want to play this game. They still don't want, the Bills and Bengals do not want a scenario where they play this game. They're not interested. If that's the case, scrub it. Scrub the game. The Chiefs are the one if they win on, on Saturday. And that's that. The Bills are the two if they win. And the Bengals would presumably be the two if they won and the Bills lost. Just let's move on. These teams, by the way, these teams are all three good enough to go win on the road. So I just, I don't want to hear it. I'm hearing all this complaining, all these people about mayhem, whatever. Whatever the owners decide, that's up to them. I know this, a live television broadcast of a football game is the only workplace where work stops when one of the employees goes to the hospital. I've yet to see a business that shuts down and closes for the day because somebody went to the hospital. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it doesn't. You could be working at Wendy's and, you know, some sweet little old lady that's a greeter at the door goes down with a heart attack. They're not closing Wendy's. She's going to the hospital. That sounds harsh. I know that sounds harsh, and, and I've waited days to say it, but I've thought it, and i felt it, and I discussed it with my wife on Monday night. I'm like, you know, I, I said, unless, unless they really think this guy is going to die, I'm not stopping this game. I'm playing it. And then once they postponed it, I said, they just got to get an update. They need to freeze the bills where they are, tell them to go back to the hotel. You're staying the night, and we'll give you guidance in the morning. We'll get you some help tonight. We'll have some sessions and some seminars, and we'll bring some people in. We'll have um, religious leaders there, pastors. We'll do everything. Team leaders and the best friends of Hamlin can go to the hospital. If you want to wait in the waiting room, we'll provide you know, priests and preachers there. And uh, mental health professionals will have counseling. We'll do all of this tonight. And you come get a good night's sleep. We'll reevaluate this thing tomorrow. And I think at that point, I would have said, let's take another day and let's plan on restarting this game at noon on Wednesday or two o'clock on Wednesday. Let's prepare for it. The coaches have 24 hours. We're going to restart the game as it was. Anybody that had a ticket can come back into the game. Anybody that didn't, the seats are just open until the stadium is full. Come on in and play. That's what I would have done. And if they had done that, I don't think anybody would be criticizing that right now. I don't. Uh, some crazy stuff. Anyway, KKHI is brought to you by B-Stock, online at bstock.net, where they have the Samsung Q70 QLED 4K, excellent for gaming as well, $9.99 at Best Buy, $6.99 at B-Stock. This is the television you want for the NFL playoffs. Jump on it at bstock.net. 14680 South Flaming Road. Window World, online at windowskansascity.com. They won the J.D. Power Award again for customer satisfaction. You know, they use those. John uses those for doorstops. Some people line them up behind their desks. He uses them as doorstops all around the building. He's got so many J.D. Power Awards. I'm joking, of course. Uh, Window World just wins this every year. Their customer service is fantastic. You get a lifetime warranty with their products that are made in America. They are essential products for your home. Windows, siding, doors. It's all at Window World. 0% financing available. Simply the best for less, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs. Call 816-799-0820 this year and fix all those windows in your home or your rental property with Window World. Simply the best for less. And advanced medical imaging, we've been talking about this all week. You need to get your heart scan. You saw what happened on Monday night. It's time to get a heart scan. If you're 40 or older, it is recommended you get a heart scan. This is less than 100 bucks at Advanced Medical Imaging in Lawrence. It's less than $100. It's out of pocket. For some reason, insurance doesn't cover it. Whatever. Happily go do it. Under 100 bucks. Find out what your plaque score is on your heart. I read a, a very touching email yesterday from a listener who his wife found to have a lot of buildup. She had no idea and found it, and they think that that might have saved her life, that they went and they did this from just hearing me say, go do it. It's the best, I don't know, 85 bucks you'll spend. It's under hundred bucks. Go get your heart scanned. They'll see all the other organs in your torso as well. Find out what's inside. See what's inside is what they say at Advanced Medical Imaging. 
online at medimageks.com or 785-856-0224. And remember, all of our sponsors are at the KK List. So if you don't remember Advanced Medical Imaging or whatever, the KK List, just go to thekklist.com. You will be able to click on the logo to go right to their business, or we list the business with the web address link and the phone number to contact them. It's so easy to find any of our sponsors at thekklist.com, thekklist.com. Get there and check it out. Uh, Some other sports notes. This is a beauty. University of Texas fired head coach Chris Beard on Thursday. UT sources are saying he never understood the seriousness of what he had done and the seriousness of the situation. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Big weekend of college basketball. Kansas headed off to West Virginia, right? Okay, the Jayhawks are in great shape. Um, Missouri and K-State playing, and the season is on, and everybody is alive and well here in our area. So college basketball, kind of fun. We're wondering what's going to happen with Texas. They were the team that was thought could be the challenger to Kansas this year in the Big 12. They've been ranked very high. They had some early marquee wins with Chris Beard on the bench, but with him gone, they haven't looked the same. They gave up 116 to Kansas State this week. And now we're not sure exactly what UT is going to be. I think we know what we're going to be the rest of this year. They'll have their interim coach. Where do they go from here? There are reports. Well, there aren't reports. There are lists of potential candidates, and two of them really stood out to me. The first is John Calipari from Kentucky, where you'd think, well, what, wait, what? There is a feeling that Calipari has worn out his welcome in Lexington, and I don't disagree with that. I, I think if I was Mitch Barnhart, who I grew up with, who went to Shawnee Mission North, and I've known since I was a very small child and uh, saw Mitch just a few months ago, if I were Mitch Barnhart, the AD at Kentucky, I mean, I'd, think, I'd be thinking about running Calipari. I think he gave him an extension, but I'd think about ending it. And, and you don't want to know what I'd do. I would, I'd be calling Chris Beard right now, telling him to get his butt in all kinds of therapy, go through the courses and the classes. I would take Chris Beard over John Calipari right now at Kentucky and look out. I think Chris Beard will coach again. It's likely to be one of those situations where he has to go to a, a lesser school, shall we say. But that man can coach, and he can recruit, and he knows what he's doing. And if he gets some counseling or some help, I think he'll get hired again because he is such a talented basketball coach. But Calipari isn't much of a coach. We've always known this. He's never been a great game coach. He's never been great for preparation. He's great at finding unbelievable talent. He's a marketer at heart. I like Coach Cal. I like him. I think he's good for college basketball. I think he's interesting. I I think he says a lot of interesting stuff. I like him. I just think he's done at Kentucky. I, I just don't see them as anything anymore. I just don't. A lot of people thought they were preseason number one this year. What do you start, two and four or something? They're, they're not that good. So maybe change of scenery is in order, and would Texas be the destination? They have all the money in the world. they got a new arena. They've got the resources. Then you go down the list, and the, the story I saw listed seven potential candidates at Texas. And number seven on the list, 14 games into his career at Kansas State is Jerome Tang who is a 19-year assistant at Baylor. He has coached 14 games as a head coach, has the Wildcats playing ridiculous basketball right now, out of nowhere, just with a bunch of old transfers, put this thing together, and is winning. Remarkable is the only way to describe it. And Jerome Tang is on that list. I I just don't think there's any way Texas is going to talk to Jerome Tang after one year at Kansas State. I don't. I I don't see any way. I don't see any way. But I just think that's interesting to note that. And, you know, if Missouri keeps winning, I mean, K-State and Missouri could be in situations where one year into their tenures at their school, there could be people calling trying to hire these coaches away from Missouri and K-State. I'm fascinated by that. And this upcoming college basketball season, we're in it. But most of the good stuff in college basketball is upcoming. It's on now. KKHI is on now, brought to you by 360 Document Solutions, online at 360documentsolutions.com. This is help for your business. Why not ask for it? Doesn't cost you anything. It's going to save you money. 360documentsolutions.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control, online at advantagetpc.com. Residential or commercial, in business for 25 years. It's the only pest control I've ever used. Aaron and his team are the best anywhere. 
These guys are unbelievable, man. They're really, really great at what they do. I wouldn't consider anyone else. 768-8989, AdvantageTPC.com. And Tim Cross at Cross Kitchens KC. If you're thinking and been talking about through the holidays, remodeling your house this year, or maybe fixing it up before you sell it, either way, Cross Kitchens KC is the way to go. You can call Tim personally at 816-898-7047, and you'll reach either Tim or Brittany, his lovely wife. They've got a great young family, wonderful people. Somebody's going to do any remodeling or kitchen countertops or flooring in your house. Just call CrossKitchensKC.com. Love those guys. All right, Lee Sterling is going to dial up some beautiful stuff here. How about this number for the Chiefs? The Chiefs, these, these are against the spread totals for the Chiefs. Lee will talk about this in a little bit. The Chiefs against teams that are 500 or less. That Okay, the opponent is 500 or less, the Raiders, against the spread are 2-13-1 in their last 16 games. That's covering the spread. The Chiefs in two of their last 16 games against teams below 500 have covered the spread. After winning a game, and this one's unbelievable because the Chiefs have long win streaks. After winning a game in the last 12 games, after winning a game, the Chiefs against the spread are 1-10-1. What? That's crazy. Oh, my goodness sakes. And here's the big one, because the Chiefs are favored by nine. When the Chiefs are favored by four points or more, four or more, in their last 11 games, the Chiefs are one, nine, and one against the spread. That is unbelievable. Every single metric here says take the freaking Raiders in this game that the Chiefs don't bomb people, that they just don't bomb you. They win. They know how to win. They have a remarkable quarterback. They're never blown out. They're always in the game. But the time you bet on the Chiefs is when the spread is one, 0, 1, 2, or 3. Basically, 4 is good too. But if it's more than that, you don't bet against the Chiefs. You don't bet on the Chiefs. You bet against them. That's what every metric has shown. Remarkably, two weeks ago is when we got a couple of these because the Chiefs covered against the Seahawks. They did. And then went back to their old ways against the Broncos. And so that one in all of these things is the Seahawks game. It's a pretty rare deal that the Chiefs have a, a big spread. That spread, I think, was seven in that game, and the Chiefs were able to cover that one against the Seahawks. Lee Sterling has it all for you. We're going to go over all these games, the important games, Jacksonville, Tennessee playing for the playoffs, Buffalo against New England, the Jets in Miami, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Kansas City, Vegas. It's AFC playoff madness, and Lee Sterling is here on KKHI. Hit it! The KKHI Conversation is brought to you by Fry Orthodontics, where your smile is just the start. Online at fryorthodontics.com. Lee Sterling joins us now from ParamountSports.com. The Sultan of South Beach is ready to take us to the finish line of the football season as we're going to wrap up the NFL regular season this week, and then it's off to the playoffs. Of course, got the big college football championship coming up on Monday night, so Lee is here to help us make it lucrative. Hello, Mr. Sterling. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. It was a great weekend. Celebrated my birthday weekend. Uh, had my two girls with me and uh, family members, 18 of my favorite steakhouse. And it was a perfect weekend. Uh, we had, so I go to the steakhouse and there's, which, there's got to be what, like 15, 20 different chains now, steakhouses around the country. Probably. So this is a standalone steakhouse called Christie's. Now, Went back in the day, I used to go with my dad and all his buddies. They have the seats, the big seats, and they've got the armrests. So you can relax. It's dressed, it's designed like old school. You feel like you're right in the 70s. Someone bought it about four or five years ago, and they went from making it where it included a side salad and an, uh, like a baked potato or whatever you wanted on the side, one side uh, with it. But it went down a little bit, but all of a sudden it's come back. So I ordered... My favorite is shrimp cocktail, maybe the biggest shrimp you've ever seen. Mm. Their Caesar salad, I like it really wet, is incredible. Maybe the best Caesar salad I've had. The steaks are good, but they finish off with a baked Alaska. You ever had a baked Alaska? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, with the all three flavored ice cream, chocolate, vanilla, and also strawberry and the cream on it. And then 
the they light it on fire, I think, with the Grand Meunier sauce. It is insane. So <laughs> it was the perfect night, and then my brother uh, gave me for my birthday some great gifts, but his was a signed Michael Jordan basketball shoe. Wow. So, yeah, so that was the, the icing on the cake. And then the next night, my daughter sings the national anthem, the Orange Bowl. And from all indications, she did out of the park. They were very, very excited right. from the time she showed up with her orange outfit. Both teams were orange. Uh, Clemson, also Tennessee. Let me tell you something. I've heard some fans be loud. Yeah. The Tennessee fans are really that's, loud. Yeah, that's a thing. And, yeah, so, yeah uh, I think they're a different level in there. They're hungry, yeah. man. They want to get back where they were. They're so hungry. They were close this right. year. They were so close. Yeah, Clemson showed up. Their fans, they always show up, but the Tennessee fans, there was more of them, and they were loud. And when they came off the field to the band playing Rocky Top, yeah. right before my daughter sang, uh, I'm like, wow. This was like the feeling of a national championship game. And it was, you know, it was an orange ball. It was big, six versus seven. But I was even shocked at how loud it was. So, uh Proud of her. She did a great job and uh, kind of recouping. It's been yeah, a few days, but right. still recouping after last weekend. Good for you. All right. So you got the autographed shoe and you got the baked yep. Alaska. Who got the check? Uh, my mom picked it up. No, that kidding. was very nice to her. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, my mom picked it up. So <laughs> were you an alligator? <laughs> did, you, her. did you have the alligator arms going or how was that working at the end of that day? No, no. She, I guess, had given the. The, the 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 waitress uh, the um, <laughs> the card earlier in the meal, so uh, I think I owe her though. I <laughs> hey, I was good, but not that good. I had my moments. I mean, uh, I think there's probably thirty family and friends that made my daughter got them to make a tape of stories, and uh, I wasn't the perfect son all the time. <laughs> Wow. No. So up to some mischief. I'm sure we all were, right? We all owe our moms. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. There's no doubt right. about that. All right. So before we get to these games coming up this weekend, and of course the national title game is Monday, what do you have left? This is about the time of year you just offer up the rest of the season. Is that what you do? Yeah. So, yeah, it's normally 3 347 or 297 decided to make it affordable to everyone. They can get the last week of the NFL. And I think there's some real good spots, you know, even though we went through on Monday night, I think we're going to have some real good spots and maybe some really close games. And then on top of that, uh, after the, the the Saturday and Sunday action, where I like what they did. Did you notice all games are interdivision games? Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, they didn't used to do that years ago, but that's a great move. And then uh, a college championship game. Monday night, TCU will be involved in that, a, a Big 12 team, and that should be a fun game. We've hit each of the last four games in that college football national championship, get the entire NFL playoffs and also the Super Bowl. We, we've won three of the last four, just $147. They can get it right now, ParamountSports.com. Yeah, that's way less. That's all the way into February. Yeah. Now, the Super Bowl. You, you, you've never done it for right. that price. Have you ever done it for that Mid -February. price? Mid-February. No, no. We, I think it, I think the lowest ever was two ninety seven. I decided, you know, let's have some fun. Let's let people get involved. And I know if they join, and I am able to win for them, they're going to want to come back next year. And we're just so happy you didn't have to pay that tab at that steakhouse the other night because I think the price might have been different right. here. This is great. That's true. <laughs> ParamountSports.com is the place to go, or call eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one one forty seven for the entire rest of the football season. Let's do it. Okay, so there's going to be a couple of games okay. on Saturday. We'll get to the Chiefs in a moment. Jacksonville, Tennessee. Jacksonville's going to win the division, right? Is this, is this what's going to happen here? They're a six-point favorite. I think so. I think this line could get even higher. So I say get it right now if you like Jacksonville like I do. Let's look at Tennessee. Mike Vrabel. I think he's a really good coach. But what he did uh, in the game last Thursday was, was embarrassing. I mean, he basically tanked the game he decided, you know, hey, I'm going to put all my cards on the table for the next game, except for putting in Dobbs, who will start this game also, a quarterback, who is their third-string quarterback. Uh, they have more players on injured reserve than any other team. And conversely, Doug Peterson, I thought, did the right thing. He didn't want to interrupt the momentum that they have going, and they smacked Houston, who they had lost to nine straight times, dominated the game. Even in the first game where Jacksonville played Tennessee, Jacksonville beat – Tennessee 36 to 22 in Nashville. And that game, 
they just did a number on the Titans secondary. And what we've seen is the Texans, Texans uh, the Titans, I'm sorry, don't make many adjustments. They're not a team that's built uh, for flexibility. Uh, I think the owner kind of sent the message that uh, she wasn't happy when they were 7-3 and three and fired the GM. Well, now they're 7-9. and nine. They've lost six straight. Make it seven straight here. I like Jacksonville here, 31-17. All right, Buffalo is a touchdown favorite over New England, and there's really good word on Demar Hamlin. We've heard he's made remarkable yeah. progress, and he's it, it appears not, you're never really out of the woods until you're out of the woods, but it appears things have gone well. And the Bills players knew that relatively early this week. They have enough time yeah. to emotionally be ready for this one against the Patriots. I think so. Now they might start a little slow, but I think the crowd, I think the the fans are really going to carry them here. So. They, as we know, have some of the best fans, uh, certainly in the top three, top four in the NFL. They're facing a Patriots team that is a really weak 8-8 eight eight team. This is a team that, if they win, it's going to the playoffs, but um, have faced a lot of backup quarterbacks, a ton of more than half the games. They've returned seven defensive takeaways for touchdowns, most in the NFL since 2017. Their offense is struggling, averaging 21.3 points per game. That's 5.3 points fewer than last season. I think they're going to make changes at the end of the season. I think it's going to be Matt Patricia's last game here as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I think something's wrong with Buffalo. I really do. Uh, Their offense isn't clicking on all cylinders. They're playing pretty well, but Josh Allen, a lot of turnovers lately. And their defense, their back end now, with Hamlin out, they're down to their third-string safety. Uh, their pass rush isn't the same. The back end, just watch before the injury that took place to Hamlin. They were in deep, they were in dire straits against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati would have won the game by double digits. I think Buffalo will win this game partially because of the fans, and I think they'll eventually, by the mid-second quarter, get into a rhythm because New England's that bad. Let's go with Buffalo here, 31-17. 31-17. All right, the Jets and the Dolphins. The Jets are the slight favorite here. Jets, a lot of people played them last week. Mike White, they figured, okay, Mike White's back. Uh, all is well. Well, best time usually is to wait to the second game. He obviously wasn't 100% delivering the ball late. Uh, also, he was not accurate. And Seattle played actually a, a pretty darn good game. Miami, they were down to their fifth string left tackle. They're going to play Skylar Thompson here, it looks like. Uh, I mean, the Dolphins are in a world of hurt right now. Uh, offensive line is in shambles. Their defensive backfield, one time during the game last week, all five of the starters that started last year, defensive backfield, and the projected guys starting in training camp, did not line up in the game. Now, one came back, Holland, their second safety, and he will probably play Holland. Uh, and then also Xavier Howard is a game-time decision. But um, you, you, just, you just can't cover NFL top-tier receivers with that many guys out here. I think the Jets, who are headed for their 12th straight losing season, their team to watch next year, I, I think they pay back the Dolphins here and tell them you're not going to the playoffs. I like the Jets here. 16 to 10. All that right. could be high scoring. You're yeah. right there in Miami. You think the Dolphins go forward with Tua, or do you think they look at a Derek Carr or somebody else this offseason and try to change at quarterback? Do they like Tua long term? You know, who knows with the injury? I think they got to wait and see yeah. how he pro- progresses with a concussion. I think they'd like to. They're kind of hamstrung. They don't have a first round draft pick. They're up against the cap. I do not think that they will extend him. There's even talk that. Their head coach might get fired after one year if they lose this game. I don't think that's the right move. I think maybe make a move on defense, bring in another different defensive coordinator. But when he was in, I thought they would, they looked good. The question is, you know, how long can he, you know, continue to play at a high level? Now there is um, the case. I'm trying to think of the guy, the guy's name. He was the the hockey player for the Boston Bruins. He had had their star player had had a, a major. I think he had like three or four concussions over a three-year period. And they were very prudent. What they did was they ended up saying, okay, well, uh, we're going to try to, you know, see what we can do long-term to to keep him healthy. And they rested him, I think, like 114 games over three years. And he ended up uh, turning out, ended up playing for another 13, 14 years uh, after that time. 
in 2010 to 2012, in fact, still playing. So um, just think that, that that's probably the right case not to play in the rest of the season here. And if they do that, they have a chance, you know, to maybe, who knows? I mean, they're, they're finding out now with concussion injuries that the, the more severe injuries are, are what they do is they happen because they happen at a, sh- at a rapid time. And when they happen over a short period of time, that's when you're in danger of having a serious injury. So I think that that's what they have to do. What, what would you do in this case if you're Miami? Well, I wouldn't be playing Tua, that, that's for sure. I just think I'd be looking right. long-term. I, here's, the, here's what I think. Regardless of his health, I just am not sure the injuries are going to end. He's a smaller guy. He seems to hold yep. the ball a little bit and get knocked around. Right. I think they should probably be looking if they're in the Derek Carrs. I don't know that Carr is any better than Tua, but he might be able to be on the field more than Tua. I can't make an argument that Carr right. is better than Tua, but I can make an argument that he might be available more often. And, you know, if you're not available in the NFL, you can't really play in the league. So right. I think if I'm Miami, right. as hard as the AFC is, I'm probably thinking Tua is not going to get me to the Super Bowl. Um, he may not get you to the Super Bowl. Maybe no one does. <laughs> I don't know if they're strong enough yet as far as the roster, but the player was Sidney Crosby, you know, the star oh, yeah. center for them. So he's still playing. I mean, he's 35 years old, 17 years. So, you know, but then again, he's a little bit bigger guy. He's, well, I think he's like 5'11, 6'2, 205, something like that. But uh, I think they've got a rest. I don't think they have any other choice, Kevin, yep. just being completely honest with sure. you. And they're going to have to get a better backup quarterback. Guy, nice number three, but right now he's not going to take you to the next level. What's crazy is if the Dolphins win, think about it, if they win and they were to end up playing Kansas City, I don't think it's likely Kansas City loses, but can you imagine in the first round mm. the buildup with Hill coming back and Skylar Thompson coming back to his hometown and, and playing in a game? Miami wouldn't have a chance, but there would be a big buildup with those two guys coming back to town. No doubt. All right, the Bengals yep. are seven-point favorite against the Ravens. I think the Ravens got problems. I mean, just can't score. So they've been held to 17 or fewer points in five straight games. Lamar Jackson only played one quarter during those five games. Now, that hasn't happened to Baltimore since 2005 when Kyle Bowler and Anthony Wright were playing quarterback. Bengals uh, – they look really good to start that game before the injury. Uh, so I, I think the Bengals are the, the right side here. I think the Bengals are the most dangerous team right now. Who would you rather face? Or who, who wouldn't you rather face uh, for the AFC Championship if you had your choice between well, Cincinnati and, and Buffalo well, right if now? If I'm speaking on behalf of the Chiefs, you don't want to play Cincinnati because yeah. they haven't beaten them. <laughs> I mean, they've beaten right. the Bills a few times. They have not beaten the Bengals. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Cincinnati here. 28-17. All right, the Chiefs are another whopping favorite this week. The Raiders looked really good last week with the quarterback change. They're at home hosting the Chiefs. These division games, the Chiefs don't cover them very often. Here's another big number, and I think Chiefs fans are taking this game for granted, but I would not be, personally, I would not be surprised if this is just an all-out battle Saturday and a, and a close game into the fourth quarter. What do you think, Chiefs and Raiders? I agree with you, Kevin. I mean, Vegas, normally you don't take a team with nothing to play for the last week, but they looked that good last week, and they have so many weapons. I mean, you talk about uh, Jared Stidham looked good. How good was he? He was only the second quarterback since 1950 in his first start, plus 350 yards passing and three or more touchdown passes. They have weapons all over the field. Devontae Adams is healthy. Josh Jacobs probably one of the top five running backs. Now Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back. They each had three receptions in that game. And the Chiefs, they're better than almost every opponent they play. But their point spread, I don't know if I've ever seen this. I went back 25 years. There's nothing even close. Their point spread record is shocking slash alarming. They're 2-13-1 against the spread the last 13 times when they face an opponent with a 500 or less record, 110 and 1 against the spread their last 12 games here following a victory, and 1 9 and 1 against the spread the last 11 games when laying four more or more points here. So I think Stidham looks comfortable in the system. He knows the system here, doesn't make as many uh, mistakes. Uh, their defense isn't good, but 
I think Casey wins the game 35-30, but I'll take the nine and a half. I think it's way too high. Yeah, I do too. I don't care what the total is. I'm playing the over. I think it's a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an absolute shootout. I agree. So great stuff. All right, the game of the week, if you would like to get it, is absolutely free. All you got to do is call Lee Sterling at 800-400-9741, and you will give them the Steelers and the Browns free. Yep. Pittsburgh's still alive. Uh, they won a heated battle with Baltimore, another division opponent, last week on the road. They now play Cleveland, who won last week and look great. Which side is the right side? Do you want to get it for free? Call 800-400-9741. And that's special. Just not 347, not 297 or 247, $147. Last week, the NFL, all my selections, college football championship game, we won four straight. The entire playoffs and the Super Bowl, where we've won three of the last four. And also, that I didn't mention this before, the top ten prop plays, and it will include my daughter's uh, play on the National Anthem over-under where she's won seven straight. That's awesome. That's <laughs> great. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate your time as always. Let's go get them. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com is the website. It's 800-400-9741. To recap, he likes... Well, he likes mostly favorites this weekend in the NFL, except in the Chiefs game. He likes Jacksonville minus t- six over Tennessee, Buffalo minus seven over New England, the Jets minus one over the Dolphins, the Bengals minus seven over the Ravens, and the Raiders plus nine and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. His game of the week is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. You can get it free by calling 800-400-9741. Lee Sterling's appearance on KKHI is brought to you by MyPillow.com slash KKHI. Like to order something at mypillow.com, we appreciate it if you use our promo code. Be very helpful for the podcast, and we're just pleased to have a national sponsor like MyPillow on board. Or you can go to mystore.com slash KKHI. Whether you're looking for slippers, sheets, or the classic MyPillow, it's all at mypillow.com. And you won't believe what's at mystore.com. Same thing, mystore.com slash KKHI. That's mystore.com slash KKHI. And anything you order there, use the promo code KKHI. If you go to the slash KKHI, it takes you there automatically. But uh, certainly appreciate that at MyPillow.com, promo code KKHI. Buck Roofing and Construction, online at rbuckroofing.com. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. And, of course, the Finch Knife Company, online at finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull with a brand-new, sweet designer pocket knife from Finch Knife Company. That's it for this week of KKHI. Appreciate you being with us on this first week of the new year. We had an awful lot of news going on with everything in the House of Representatives and Damar Hamlin, and the numbers are through the roof. So many people were listening to the podcast this week. We greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Don't forget to tell your friends to hit that like, follow, or subscribe button. And just feel free to share with other people you think might like the podcast. Just tell them you think that Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs)